Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Good to see you all. You're looking beautiful. All 50 of you. Said that for the online audience. All right, she didn't get it. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, God's good. Amen. Uh, I want to drill down a little bit deeper into uh, victorious church and victorious prayer and kind of our victorious theme. How many of you think we need victory? Yeah. And so today I've actually entitled today's message Victorious Congress. Congress. So because last week we introduced the idea that you are the ecclesia. Do you remember that? And so then we were drilling down a little bit deeper on ecclesia, and we found out that we shouldn't translate, interpret, define, or understand ecclesia from just what our Bible commentators have given us or from just what it means in the Greek. But we found out that we should actually look and see where the word came from. Where did they use the word first? Where did that word come from? And by looking to see where it came from, we could actually see a little bit more about Jesus' instruction and what he was saying in Matthew 16, 19. When, when they're asking and he's having this conversation with them about who he is and what his identity is, and then Peter recognizes and declares you are the Christ and that's not his last name Christ also is a word that reaches way back into the Old Testament and so the Christ is the Messiah that's what it meant so Jewish people Hebrew people had been looking for a Messiah and so Peter declares and recognizes and, and Jesus says, it's not, it's not like normal that you would even recognize that. It's not, and he says, it's not flesh and blood that's given you that understanding, but my Father in heaven has given you this revelation because Peter proclaims you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the King. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what we call him, right? And so he declares that. And then, uh, and this is all Matthew 16, 18, and 19, and 20, that whole section in there. We'll get to it later, potentially, in the Passion Translation today. And then Jesus says, on this rock of revelation, I will build my church. Now, the translators use the word church, and 115 times they use the word church to define what that word was. But the word ecclesia in the Greek is not the word church. So they've taken some great liberty there. The word ecclesia is two words brought together, and it means the called out or to be called out. And the word, when he used it, reaches all the way back to 621 BC when it first started getting used by the Greeks, and it means you are like a legislative body. I am the king, you are my delegates, my congress, my representatives. So it, it changes, I think it changes the way we see church. 
It changes and it should change the way we see us. It should change what we do. It should change, and I think it's a very powerful insight into what we teach and preach here, what the Holy Spirit's been helping us to see about who we are, our identity, and what the church is. We are not just saved people. Saved meaning that we have been bought, redeemed, that we're, we, we call it born again because the Bible calls it born again, John 3, 3 through 5. Born again means, and he defined that to Nicodemus when Nicodemus said, what do you mean born again? Do you mean I got to go back into my mother's womb? This is John 3, 3 through 5. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You were already born of the flesh. To be born again is to be born of the spirit. So we are born again people. That is that we recognize biblically speaking, we recognize that when we were born, we were born separated from God. We were born not knowing him, not in fellowship with him, not walking in righteousness naturally, but actually walking in unrighteousness naturally. So for us, it's natural to be distant from God, to be prideful, rebellious, to be separated, to be arrogant, to, be, to, to lie, to cheat. That's actually natural for us. It wasn't natural for us to be at one with righteousness and at one with truth and at one with God and, and at one with communion. So when we're born again, we're born of the Spirit. When we're born of the Spirit, we invite the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. We count Jesus to be the one who has brought us back into friendship with Father, right? Oneness with Father, that's what communion's about, common union. It's the celebration of a covenant that we have. And so this is what it is to be born again. And, and this relationship, it's important, but guess what? It's not the sum total of the church. It's not the sum total of the church. So when we think about church, we think about those that are born again. We think about those that are saved. We think about a, a building we come to. We think about people we have a potluck or a picnic. We, we, uh, we, we think about baptisms and water baptisms and, and sealing, uh, commemorating uh, our covenant with God through water baptism. We think about all of these things, but oftentimes we don't recognize that we're a congress that we are a legislative body, that we're actually meant, Romans 5.17, to rule and reign with Christ, that when God first spoke over the first Adam, and he said, be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion over the earth, that actually Jesus, the second Adam, was coming to restore that power and that victory and that authority. So how do we do that? Are we just, and that's kind of the thrust of uh, New Horizon a bit, is that are we just forgiven people bumping along through life? Are we forgiven people, therefore we know where we're going when life is over? Are we just eternally secure people because we've made Jesus the Lord of our lives and our sins are forgiven? Are we, are we just saved or redeemed people who gathered together, but yet we're going to go through all of the crud that everybody else goes through, and, and life is cruddy, and life is bad, and it's gonna get worse, and, 
Every sign of bad is another sign of the worst that's coming. Is that who we are? Or are we truly what he declared here, the ecclesia? Are we a victorious people? Are we meant to rule and reign with him? Is he ruling and reigning? Is he meant to rule and reign? Or is he just a savior? We've got to solve all these questions, church. And we've got to solve them in 20 minutes. Who messed up the earth, by the way? Well, we know that Adam listened to somebody. Who did he listen to? So who messed up the earth? And this is, the, you know, this is the, the theological thrust that you're going to get here. And uh, we hope that it yields great rewards. We, we trust that as you embrace it, it will. That is, is that we have an enemy. You have an enemy. Mankind has an enemy. That Satan is the one who's messing up people. That's why it's so easy to love people, even if they're messed up. Why? Because it's, it's an enemy behind the scenes. That actually what we see is being orchestrated by the Spirit. And just as us who are born again, we come to the Lord, we begin to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's now influencing us to love people, to do well, to prosper to believe for good things, to care for people, to give, to be generous, to be patient, to be long-suffering. Just as the Holy Spirit is serving us, those who don't know the Lord, just as we once were those people, are animated, moved, motivated, stirred, inspired by an unholy spirit, an unholy influence, an unclean influence. And if that influence is confronted, what if we confront that influence instead of confronting one another? The power of confronting that influence, see, as a church, we as an ecclesia, I'll use those words simultaneously because we, we think in terms of church, 115 times, ecclesia has been translated church, a different word entirely, But that's what we understand we are. But what if the ecclesia begins and began to operate more as a legislative body in the spirit realm instead of a weak, timid, hopeless, wimpy, runaway people? There's an appropriate time to fill the altar with tears. You know when that is? Or not this altar alone, but your altar. I hope you have an altar. I make one every morning in my home. There's a time that's appropriate to fill your altar with tears. That's when you've fallen away. That's when you're coming back. That's when you're coming to know the Lord. That's when you're recognizing that your righteousness is nothing. It's worthless. That your righteousness can never be enough. Because in five minutes, it's going to fall apart and you're going to mess up again. So there's an appropriate time to fill your altar or the altar with tears. But when you're done with that, guess what? You're a son of God. You're a child of God. You're a daughter of God. You're a victorious one. You don't live 
You don't live at that place. You live seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. You live, abide, and dwell right now from a hidden place in him where he's brought you into the very throne room of Father and made you a partaker of his victory. And that's where you live from. That's where you live from. That's where you... And that's, that's why fellowship's good, because when you have fellowship with him, you hear what he's up to, you understand what he's said, and you can operate, you can flow, you can move as that legislative body. As the Congress that you truly are. We're not a hopeless people. We're a victorious people. We're a victorious people. I've been drilling down a little bit uh, recently on how we've applied this over and over and over again. And a lot of our application, the Wolf family application, has been the application over personal issues as well as church issues. And I've been making that comparison in my own mind and thinking about that comparison in my own mind with... God bringing us forward as a ecclesia so that we don't operate as a hopeless people in the face of every evil thing that's happening in our nation and around us, but so that we extrapolate out of what's happened with us personally and you personally, many of you personally, many of you here in the building, extrapolate those victories into now the application of the macro realm of the cultures of influence wherein we live, media and government and family and economics and all of these spheres of influence wherein we live. In 1999, when the city shut down our construction, when the neighbors claimed our property, when the engineering firms worked with them, when attorneys worked with them, when the courts worked with them, what we believed and what we came to recognize is that Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, was truth. What's it say there? Our battle is not with flesh and blood. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but we wrestle. But we wrestle. Do you believe that our current national battles and your current Individual and family battles have a spiritual hand behind them. If you don't, there's not much you can do about it. Good luck. Work hard. Work your fingers to the bone. Get bony fingers. Dumb country western song. So we begin to pray. Not only did we begin to pray, but like you would as a legislative body, we begin to write down our prayers. We begin to write down what it is that we were decreeing, that the city would allow us to build, that, this, that the stronghold of the demonic realm. In fact, is one morning at 2 in the morning, my wife had this dream. In this dream, she literally saw a strong man. Sorry, that's Bible talk. You know, the Bible talks about strong men. Actually, in, in Matthew 12, where Jesus is casting out demons, and the result of casting out demons 
His people are healed. Sicknesses go away. Families get breakthroughs. All sorts of things are shifting and changing with people. And the Pharisees, the religious, they said, oh, he's doing it with the power of the demonic realm. And he comments, and he's like, no, guys, that's kind of dumb. Any kingdom divided against itself won't, won't stand. It's going to fall. But he says something real powerful there in Matthew 12. He said, if I cast out the demonic realm, if I cast out the demonic realm, then the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven has come unto you. It's always going to be related that way, folks. If the kingdom of, if you're not walking in or experiencing the kingdom of heaven in your family, your finance, your environment, your government, your life, if anywhere in our culture, you know what he says in Matthew 12, 33 through 35, you will know the root by the fruit. If the fruit stinks, there's a stinky root. If the fruit is bad, the root is bad, right? And so he says, if I cast out darkness, if I'm, if I'm confronting darkness, if I'm confronting sickness, disease, and the context of his ministry that day in Matthew 12, if I'm confronting that stuff and it goes, then the kingdom of heaven is coming. He was trying to tell us something about every problem in life because the unclean realm is attached. The realm of darkness is attached to carnality. And all of the fruit that you observe that is a turnoff. It's attached to poverty. It's attached to violence. It's attached to hatred. attached to deceit. If you can name something, it's attached to murder. The unclean realm is there attached to it. And if we for a moment pretend that it isn't, we will have no victories. But if we believe that it is, then we know where our battle is. So we wrote our prayers down in 1999 and into 2000. We wrote our prayers down and we didn't forget those prayers. Our legislators here in the state or our Congress on a federal level, somebody's going to come up with something, and they usually come up with something that spurs their interest. And so they sponsor the bill. They sponsor legislation, and it goes to committee, and the committee reviews it, and they tweak it, and they look it over, and they examine it, and they see if it could be perfected a little bit. And if it makes it through committee, it's going to come back to the floor. What if we thought of our prayers that way? What if, we, what if we didn't come to prayer meetings and just fire away and then walk away? What if we wrote it down? What if we realized we are the ecclesia? We are the legislative body. We are the ones that Jesus, the king, has actually called to enforce his rule and his dominion over darkness, not over people, it's over darkness. 
You know, I kind of hate it when we quote Roma, when we quote Philippians 2. I kind of hate it when we quote Philippians 2 out of some kind of a dominion mindset. Yeah, it says there in Philippians 2, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Now, I don't think it's going to be at gunpoint. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. I don't like it when we say it that way. Because I don't think it's a hard decision when the demonic realm has been exposed, crushed, and overthrown. I don't think it's a hard decision to see that Jesus is better, that Jesus is love, that Jesus really is liberty, that Jesus really is freedom, Jesus is blessing, Jesus is prosperity, Jesus is healing. I don't think we have to hold people at gunpoint and say, now confess. That's not the, that's not the Bible way. See, when the demonic realm is broken down, the fact is, let's go to 2 Timothy real quick. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Uh, I've got a verse here for us, and I know I'm short on time, but I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. This is going to be a shortened message today, uh, but we are, we are, we are, woo. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You okay with this? I'm just thinking we need to approach our corporate gatherings different. I'm not saying approach your personal altar different or your personal prayer time different. You might be right on track right there, but think of the breakthroughs we're going to get when we begin to operate more as a Congress. When we begin to operate more out of congressional power as the legislative body of Jesus. Amen? 2 Timothy 2.24, the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Now, wasn't that you? Are you so far from your messed up life that you don't see that you were at one time held captive by the devil and that you were doing his will? And isn't this, isn't this part of the breakthrough that we need for culture, for society? Isn't this a great a great quickening of hope for us that we have power, we have authority in the spirit realm. That we legislate from heaven. We don't, we don't, if we started legislating from heaven, maybe we wouldn't need to legislate so much from the earth. We got our breakthrough uh, over the church. We, we, we got our breakthrough. Many of you know that. That's why we're here today is uh, we were vindicated in court. Um, we got our property back. And uh, the city backed off and said they were wrong. And the neighbors backed off and said they were wrong. And just as we got our motorbikes back, just as we got our jet skis back, 
just as we got many, many, many things back. I remember when the jet skis were stolen, uh, I, I got hints. Uh, I got hints, and somebody said here, and somebody said there, and somebody said, oh, they were over there. And, and uh, so one night I got on my motorcycle. I don't know if you knew this, but I got on the motorcycle, and I was riding through Tacoma, and just, you know, and I was, and I was kind of following some of these hints. And, uh, you know, we can just burn up a lot of fuel. We can burn up a lot of fuel running around trying to solve what you don't even have to leave home to solve. If you've got a power in the spirit realm, the same authority that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. If you've come into his righteousness, you can solve a lot of stuff right there from that place of authority. Save yourself a lot of gas and a lot of running around. Come on, somebody. We've been allowing unclean influences to take over our media, take over our city councils, take over our schools and universities, take over local, state, and national government. And I think the enemy has known that we've been slumbering. We've been praying to get off the earth instead of praying to get heaven to the earth. We've been self-absorbed with our own prosperity. We've had an unbelief system, but no longer, no longer we're done with that. We're done with that. We're done with that. We're going to get better at loving people and confronting the spirit realm because that's where our battle is. Listen to our text out of Matthew 16. I'm moving into my first closing, so if the band could come. Matthew 16, 18. I give you the name Peter, the stone, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be over to, able to overcome it. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven, and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. We're the Congress. We're the legislators of the spirit realm. We are the ecclesia who jointly reign with Christ. We refine our important prayers and decrees and proclamations we treat them more like laws, judgments, and decrees. We submit them to committee for review. And then they aren't just prayed once at a prayer meeting. They're written down and they're spoken again and again and again. They become markers. They are immovable. They are extensions of the victory of Jesus and his government of peace. Matthew 18, 18, parallel passage. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. 
And again I say to you, verse 19, that if any two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. I stand this morning. I want you to embrace the shift, ecclesia shift. Called out not only to be forgiven, not, not just called out to be redeemed, not just called out to be affiliated or knit to Jesus, but called out to be his co-rulers in the earth. Co-rulers in the earth. Not those who bully people, but those who walk in those who abide in, those who exercise their spiritual authority. Heads bowed just for a minute. I want to talk to your heart. If you would, just... Sometimes it's better if we close our eyes in just kind of a setting like this. This week is the week of all for the Jewish people. And we're soon to commemorate Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. This is, this is the week of all, the week of putting ourselves into a position of repentance, recognizing we've sinned, we've walked in pride, deceit, impurity. We've withheld good when it was in our power to give. We've looked the other way when a brother fell. We've allowed 60 million babies to be killed in our nation. So at this time, we're humbling our hearts before the Lord to be one with him in his holiness. Because this authority that I'm discussing this morning is for those who've stopped trusting in their own self-righteousness, which will never measure up. This authority is for those who've submitted to the righteousness of Jesus. We can't have authority over evil if we're not submitted to the victorious one. Romans 3.22 says that the righteousness of Jesus is given to those who believe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But we are justified freely by his grace. That's how we get this authority, church. That's how we become the ecclesia. He's calling you out right now. He's actually tugging on your heart right now. 1 John 1, 8, I love 1 John 1, 8 and 9, 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what I want. I want to be pure. I want to be purified by him. And I want to dwell in this place of authority. I want to dwell in this place, not a place of hopelessness, but a place of authority, a place of victory. I want to live from that place. And when I bring my errors, my faults, my failures to him, he invites me in. He opens the door for me to dwell in and live from heaven's perspective. I want to invite you to pray with me this morning. And if you're watching online this morning or you're here this morning and this is what you want, 
this is what you desire. This is what you recognize is even lacking or missing in your own life. I invite you to pray with me. It's simply making a covenant with God through Jesus. Inviting him to be the one that brings you in. Super similar to marriage, which worked for me 36 years ago. Pledging yourself to this person and counting them, Jesus, as the offering sacrifice made on your behalf before Father. Let's pray it together and add our voices to those who are watching and those who are around us. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of the one who gave himself for me to bring me in, not only to bring me in in forgiveness and to restore me as a child of yours, Father, but he brought me in to restore me in authority. I want to live in victory. I want to live out of victory. I want to live from your place, from the throne of heaven. So I invite you right now, Holy Spirit, to dwell in me. I want to be born again. I want to be born of you. I want my spirit man to be made alive. And I welcome you to come and to give me life on the inside. Deposit your spirit of victory within me and teach me how to win. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. Yeah. Pastor Joel's coming back up to release us to the ministry fair. Don't run off yet. If you're a, if you're a uh, ministry leader, you can go out to your table and get ready. But congregation, if you would... So if you prayed that prayer with us, congratulations. It is awesome to be able to be a child of God, be born again. Yes, and experience the new life that God has for you and for me. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. New Horizon Church here in Fife will be more than happy to receive you, pray with you, and continue to build us up in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching.